you know, when you're, you're someone opening a business in other countries, you sometimes don't know the culture, sometimes you actually get the customer wrong, but the ability to bounce back, to learn continuously, to get up again and be resilient is very important in that case. Hi everyone, welcome back to my channel Asian Fempreneur. Today, we will be joined by a special guest. She will share with us how to cope with difficult situations, especially in workplace as well as in your own business, through the culture of resiliency. Our special guest is from Indonesia, and she also got a scholarship in an international university in Japan. And after she graduated, she worked in consultancy in Tokyo, but also she and her friends co-founded an educational organization in Indonesia, specializing in giving unfortunate children scholarships, as well as giving teacher training and help building social enterprises as well. She's currently working in consulting as well in Sydney, Australia, but because of her love in social impact works, it enables her to mentor social enterprises from different parts of the world in her own spare time. In addition to serving as a director in the general board of the educational organization she co-founded in Indonesia. So without further ado, let's welcome Wenda. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so nice to have you here, Wenda. Well, thank you, Rani, for inviting me. It's it's great to actually see you and then seeing you actually creating something amazing like this. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and it's so nice to have you as a few, one of our first speaker series. Oh, that's great. Well, well, thank you for inviting me. That's such a, an honor to be one of the first. Right. So uh, we'll just fire away. Our topic for today will be about cultures of resilience. Can you explain a bit more about the concept? The culture of resilience basically is resilience itself, but something that you embed into what you do every day, into your personality and in your actions. So resilience for me has a couple of different components. So one of them will be obviously persistency and then adaptability as well as problem solving. How is that different with culturally resilient? I think we have two different concepts, right? Well, when you talk about resilience and culture, for me personally, I think about it from two different lenses because I am Indonesian and I studied in Japan and then I moved to Australia. So in order for me to build that resilience, I do have to deal with a lot of cultural differences. And especially the ones that I, I, I mentioned to you before when I was in university, um, they are actually experiences and situations where, where resilience is actually required to be able to adapt. But I guess what is important for me is when I spoke about resilience before, there's actually an element about persistency, adaptability and, and problem solving. The understanding of different cultures and building my knowledge about different cultures actually helped to build resilience itself, which I think is, is quite important when, when I think about my career journey from Japan to Australia and now helping to mentor other entrepreneurs all over the world. What are the characteristics of someone who is culturally resilient? Um, the, the common characteristics, obviously, you need to be resilient, a, a resilient person. So again, 
that will be persistency, adaptability, problem solving. And then in, in those three pillars, you actually have the things called composure. So staying calm, although you actually have problems, knowing yourself, and also, um, also about the knowing yourself thing, there's actually a very interesting thing that I've, I've learned since I was very small. You need to be able to understand yourself first before you actually embrace other cultures and try to blend in with other people. So if you've heard about the philosophy of the bamboo, bamboo is actually able to bend, but it doesn't break. So that's the same concept that I, that I actually implement towards myself and I actually share with others that to be someone who's cultural resilience, first know yourself and then you learn other cultures. And then you actually try to have the empathy, which is actually to understand how other people think, how other people feel, and how to respond or to action towards that situation with appropriate manner without losing your identity. So I guess that, that concept is very much important for me when I deal with different situations at work personally, and then when I mentor people in the social impact projects and other social enterprise um, projects as well. Have you ever faced difficult situations or people that is culturally challenging? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. There are, there, obviously, there are many. <laughs> um, in uni, there are several. At work, there are several. The recent ones that I can remember, uh, so that there's one situation at work where I had to have an, a staff member who is coming from a different culture. He's a male and then he is he's older than me and when we work together uh, well i think i think it's his first time to actually come to to australia and work together in a team and and he was feeling uncomfortable for a couple of weeks i thought why is this different and then am i doing something wrong and then i actually told him let's have a coffee and we had a coffee and interestingly, I said, I said, just be honest, what's what's going on? Why why do we actually have this miscommunication? And he told me, um, well, if I tell you, don't don't be offended. I said, yeah, that's fine. And he said, I, he has like over like 15 to 18 years experience that in, in my career, in my, in my in my life, I never have a female boss, a female manager. So when I have two deal with someone who is a female and, and a manager of mine, he actually feels awkward because in his culture, that's not the case. But now he is actually in Australia, obviously he needs to adapt. So I said, well, well that's fine. Let's actually try to work it out. Like we are, uh, we are equal. So obviously he has more experience than me at that time. And then I said, let's actually try to, um, to adapt. I do have the Australian context and the knowledge of the technical knowledge of the project, but obviously you have more more years in your in your CV. Um, then, if I actually do something that you think needs to be improved, you need to tell me the same thing. I do the same thing to you as well. And after two three weeks, the situation is becoming better. And at the end of the project, we actually we actually did well. That's actually very a bit shocking because even though I come from Indonesia, no one has ever told me 
like that before. But I, I, I never thought that someone would actually say, I, I never work with a female manager or a female boss. So, so he felt awkward. Mm. Yeah, but actually we solve it. We solve it okay after that. So that's one of the many. There, there are other things as well. Um, obviously gestures. Um, people try to imitate some cultures and, and it actually didn't really work. So I always tell people, if you're not feeling comfortable or it's it's a new culture for you just be just be honest and then tell people this is you don't try to be a copycat and then try to adapt another thing that i actually um i learned since i was in university um i come from a from a culture where where drinking is not really common so i'm not used to people drinking alcohols um either in uni or at work and then i remember one of the sensei in, in uni told me you don't have to change you don't have to pretend that you like drinking to be able to be accepted socially so one way to actually um, avoid this misunderstanding usually when people invite me I say I'm sorry I'm not I'm not so used to drinking so I can't drink that much or I can't actually really take alcohol and then they understand that and then we just get juices we just get I just get tea and then I still can chit chat with them. And it's the same thing in the business situation. So everyone who actually interact with me, they know that, oh, she, she actually doesn't take alcohol, but that doesn't mean I cannot hang out after work or I cannot actually go to business functions. And, and they appreciate that. And I, I, I don't feel obliged that I have to drink just to be able to adapt. So that's what I'm saying. Just be like a bamboo. You actually have to stay true you bend, you try to mingle with people. And in my case, I actually mingle in business functions, but it doesn't mean that I have to actually just do like what other people do. There are actually other ways and different alternative ways to actually adapt with those situations. Have you ever faced a situation where, in this case, it's good that the people actually realize you cannot drink and okay, they accept it. But what yeah. about those cases where, uh, however you're, you refuse but then they said oh no no just drink just drink. like they keep pushing it to you like what happened with if you see in drama and japanese drama like usually they uh, <laughs> refuse their seniors and their yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh yeah well well um we know already in social situations yes that that may happen but again because i explained it from the very beginning i I don't remember a situation where I was forced until that point that let's drink. It's okay, just drink now. Even when I was actually in Korea, I actually spent some time in Korea to do uh, to do some research. And as you know, in Korean culture, um, the seniority thing matters. So they keep on pushing you to drink. They even have alcohol in 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 from very early in the evening until very late at night, right? Uh, but they. They appreciate it. And then when they push, I said, I'm sorry, I just can't drink. And then I said, oh, I can have more apple juice or more cranberry juice. And then they just laugh. And then I try to bring some humor into it. So when you bring some humor, when you actually try to be um, friendlier and make them understand, usually people just accept it. They just want to be friendly to you. In my case, that's what I feel. They just want to be friendly to me so that they say let's drink that blah 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 but once you bring the humor once you actually show them that we're friends we're actually having good relationships we're actually having good time then 
that's it. It just becomes a normal thing. It's just another gathering at night without alcohol for me, but they can drink, that's fine. What tips would you give to succeed in a culturally different environment, whether it's for those who are working in a corporate job or those who own business? Well, I guess, again, um, repeating the, the, the concept before, it's about having a good characteristic of resilience and also have the lens of cultural intelligence on the top of the resilience. When we talk about resilience itself, obviously you need to build your adaptability. That is very important. For me, it actually means how I understand others, how I try to see what are other people doing and interpret it as much as I can without causing misunderstanding. And also to have that knowledge, so cultural knowledge is very important. Um, I do my homework without, without, without lying. I actually do my homework before I go to business meetings or, or mentor people. Um, for example, I have someone that I speak from, from a, a country in Africa. And then before I go to the session and then see what his business is, I obviously need to understand what that particular country in Africa looks like, what are the cultures. I do the reading, I, I do my homework, I research, and then I go, and then I try to put that lens when I actually talk to, to, that, to, talk to that person. Um, cultural knowledge itself sometimes is not enough, so sometimes we need to put it into context. Now, this is the part which is, I think, quite difficult. Um, I get it from experience, obviously, because I interact with different people. So once you have the knowledge, you need to be able to put it into context. And there are actually several common markers that you can, you can use. For example, high context versus low context communications. You have people who are indirect and direct um, feedback and so on. And those things are actually very useful in my case when I deal with business situations or mentoring entrepreneurs. And obviously the, the, the empathy that I told you to train myself to be able to understand what other people think what other people feel and the third one which is more, most important is how can i respond or react or handle that situation based on the understanding of the think and feel that i understand before hey guys if you're watching this please don't forget to subscribe to my channel and click on the notified bell button it will help me really really much and my goal is to get at least 200 subscribers by the end of June. Thank you. Do you have any tips for those who wish to understand those from a different cultural background? Like in your case, Jessa, you just mentioned an example of uh, where you are actually in a leadership position, mentoring someone who is uh, from a different cultural background and mm -hmm. that, uh, that was an awkward situation that you managed, you both managed to resolve. Um, do you have any tips for that? So I guess um, if you're a leader and or you actually are a mentor or in, um, in a supervisory position, it's, it's very important to be open-minded. And what I learned from the leadership, um, so I, I actually, I like to read a lot and I, 
I actually see a lot of different leadership skills. What I learned, which is one of the most important thing, is to first connect, then lead. Or what people say, connect first, then lead. Especially when we have people in our team members or people that people whom we mentors are coming from different cultures. When I say connect, means to understand about that person, understand about who she or he is, understand the background, understand the culture, do your homework, spend some time to actually read stuff about it, spend some time to build the connections, and then you can actually build the steps and agree together what is the best way to work together, as in the leading, the managing, and the evaluation after that. I always find that very, very important. Many people try to just go straight to the business and they try to actually go straight to the task, go straight to the technical stuff. But from experience, if it's actually dealing with people from different cultures, it's going to be quite difficult. Even if we actually deal with people who are quite straightforward and, and direct in saying things. That's why I always tell myself, spend some time to do your homework. I will spend my time to actually do my homework to connect first, to learn about a person, to spend some time to build the connections and then go to the business after that. How can someone improve uh, their own cultural knowledge or cultural intelligence, if you can say so, or even cultural resiliency? Um, so cultural knowledge is something that people talk a lot and many people try to think cultural knowledge from um, the way people the way people the way people actually act the way people have food culinary culture the way people um, have dancing or crafts but actually culture is more than that for me personally, culture is a what? It's something about how people live, how people act, how people connect. So the best way to to learn or to enhance the culture knowledge is to first have a, have an interest because you, you need that interest first to actually understand the culture, and then see the touch points where you can actually learn about the way people live, interact, and react. Now, talking about interest, you, I usually start with something that I like first. So for example, if I like movies, obviously watching movies will be an interesting thing uh, for me so that I can actually grasp and digest the cultural knowledge better. Some people actually like music. Some people like to have um, catch-ups or events with people from different cultures. Some people like to see it from food. So there are two different ways. So start with a position or, or, or something that you like, and then open the door little by little from there. And obviously, if you go to the next level, learning the language, going to that country, making friends from that culture, it's actually very important. And some people I know in uni, people who actually want to learn that particular culture, they really make friends, they have a cultural buddy, so somebody from that culture who actually show them. So for example, in Japan, um, this is how a Japanese overall um, works. This is how onsen works, for example. And that actually helps a lot. 
and then obviously open-minded and becoming um, someone who always wants to learn new things that those two characteristics will actually help people to build cultural knowledge as well so mindset especially is the most important thing yes definitely yes mindset have the right motivations have the open mindsets and again the resilience things can go haywire things can go wrong don't get me wrong misunderstanding in culture can actually happen um, when you do business you know that for sure rani so um you know when you're you're someone opening a business in other countries you sometimes don't know the culture sometimes you actually get the customer wrong but the ability to bounce back to learn continuously to get up again and be resilient is very important in that case you mentioned before that you mentor startups across the globe do you have any learnings that you learn from them apart i know that you mentor but are there and actually things that you learn from them oh definitely yes so in my spare time i talk with um, people who are trying to build social enterprises as well as uh, what you call profit for purpose enterprises. Um, definitely mentoring is a two-way thing. I give them what I know, the knowledge, the skills, the tools um, that, I've been, that I've been learning throughout the years. But at the same time, they also teach me a lot of new things, new perspectives. And they are actually, because these people are actually coming from different countries, so some are obviously in indonesia some in other countries in asia some in europe um some is in south asia and in africa these people actually bring new perspectives about what it means to build a business in their own country and they are actually local um what do you call local insights or local values that they they try to embed into their business so that it's adaptable and i really learn a lot from those things from something like in order to to actually get a business done in in in, an, in a certain Asian countries, you need you need people who speak about that product from a local village or a local city. You cannot just sell it that way. But in other countries, for example, they actually prefer a foreigner to be to be ambassador of the product. So that's that's actually quite interesting. So I think it, there there are many many things. If I if I have to mention like like I don't know like many 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 things from technical skills, social skills to resilient skills that I learned from these people. Among your many roles as a mentor, as someone who works in a company, and then plus I know that you also have, uh, you're, you're serving a board for the- For an education, education foundation, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Among your many roles, how do you balance your personal and professional work? <laughs> so that, that's a very, that's a question that I get all the time, but then, I'll be very honest, I, I'm a person who thinks 100% work-life balance is going to be very difficult to achieve. What I implement in my own life is to have priorities in life. Obviously, there are certain obligations at work that you need to, you need to fill, certain obligations as a board member, as a chair of the board you need to fill, you need to actually know that, and um, certain obligations for the family, right? Doing all the house chores, cooking and everything else. Um, are very important. So I set my priorities every week. This is what I want to do. Um, this is the goals that I want to achieve and I need to achieve it at a certain date. And also it's very important um, for me personally. I, I come from a close-knit family. So family support is very important. Um, my parents have been very supportive. My brother has been supportive and now my husband is tremendously supportive towards what I do. And having that support network is very important for me. 
in addition to that, I also think that um, managing energy. So people say you need to manage your time, you need to manage the schedule. But to be honest, sometimes I'm not a kind of person who's very rigid towards my schedule. So there are actually times where I need to work really late, where I have to wake up very early or where I actually have to fit things in between. Um, but what's important for me is how I keep my energy level up to a certain quality so that I can deliver the job well. And obviously when it comes to like vacation times and movie time or me time, you know, a hot bath or something, that it's something that I appreciate as well. So again, it's about managing priority, having the right support network. Don't push yourself. There's nothing like 100% balance. There's no 100% perfect. And, and that, that last one is to, to manage your energy well. Thank you for sharing all that. I guess we pretty much covered most of the questions already. Well, that's good. So thank you, Rani, for inviting me. I, I, hope, I hope our talk would actually um, help to share something useful for you and for the audience. Thank you, and I'm pretty sure it will be because uh, I think this time, especially that uh, topic about culture, uh, especially in terms of resiliency and understanding other people is pretty much important these days. Yeah, I know. Oh, by the way, I still got this. Can you see that? Oh, <laughs> like a bamboo. Yes, I actually teach kids. I teach kids online and I also have, um, I have my own personal project where I, uh, I give free materials for uh, online to your web for kids to learn at home because of the COVID-19 and I do crafts and one of them is actually this, so I created this, it's bamboo. It's wow. just a small reminder, be like a bamboo, you bend but you don't break and um, be adaptable. Thank you and thank you for the lovely bamboo as well. <laughs> that's okay I, I thought it's just a, a nice touch and I'm, I'm going to use it for um, some of the craft activities for the kids anyway so thank you okay um, I guess that's it for today's episode and uh, we'll see you again sometime later see you okay thanks Rani bye bye